This podcast is sponsored by OMI, the company that makes CRM work. Today, we're speaking with Vlad Vozgorskensky, CEO of Revenue Grid. My name is Vlad Vaskrasensky. I'm one of the co-founders of a company called Revenue Grid, which you may know uh, prior to Revenue Grid, we were named as Invisible.io. So my background is technical, but for the last 15, even 20 years, I'm, I'm more in, on the business side rather than uh, in, in a garage, if you would. And uh, all my career was one way or the other related to sales automation. Um, and uh, Revenue Grid as a company was born with the DNA of sales automation, and uh, that's what we do. We are one of the leaders in guided selling. We'll be happy to cover that. Vlad, we're going to get into what you guys do. I, I just have a question off the bat, which is when you go from you know being an engineer, basically, you know, um, being technical, to sales, which is really about human connection and speaking to people in a persuasive way, what was the biggest thing you had to learn to, to become effective at that? Oh, well, uh, that's that's right in spot. Like being an engineer, you're pretty much yourself uh, in front of the ideas and the challenges and you solve it the way you want. But when you are, you know, talking to people, selling to people, it's not just about yourself. It's about both of you or all of you. And that's the biggest challenge. That's the biggest change you have to make in, you know, in your mindset. But once you are successful with that, it, it flows. So is that something that you are born with or is it something that you can teach yourself? I think everyone has that skill, though you definitely should train. You should listen more than speak. You should be attentive to what others are you know, thinking and, and messaging to you. You're born with that skill, but you have to train. You have to develop that skill. You have to exercise. All right, great. Talk to me about Revenue Grid. It, it, there seems to be just a moment right now where you know the kinds of things you guys do are really taking off. There's been an explosion of sales enablement technologies. What's going on now that, that created that environment where you guys are, are you know, finding such success? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, I think that you know this, uh, as you say, explosion of sales enablement platforms and technologies is a long-awaited thing, right? And uh, from the birth of CRM systems, this is something which which had to pop up, and, and, and finally, it's it's there. And I think the main reason for this is that. Well, CRM were born uh, still as a system of records, and they are a system of records as of today. We are all trying to put the data into CRM systems and then run the reports, dashboards, um, you know, analytics, forecasts out of CRM. But the fundamental challenge is that uh, CRM doesn't become system of activities. It doesn't tell you what to do, when to do, and doesn't automate those processes. And that's the primary reason, the background of sales enablement platforms even to appear. But why now and why we see such explosion is that, well, first of all, it's a combination of uh, data being available and technologies being available and all crunched together. That's what we are witnessing right now. And so talk to me about your business in particular. What, what have you seen over the last, I don't know, g- give me the trajectory of where you've come from over the last few years and where you see it going. Right. So I would say that as a company, we kind of pivoted into the sales enablement market and uh, even focused it on something which we call sales enablement 2.0, which is guided selling in our definition. So we did that pivot maybe like three and a half, four years ago. And since then, we grow every year like 60, 70 percent year to year growth, which is uh, slightly higher than the market itself, according to the analysts. And as of now, it's like eight digit business for us. So yeah, happy to be there. And definitely there is a momentum. I, I do believe it's a super nice niche to be. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of 
different concepts. I wonder if you could just define this for me. Um, guided selling. What what is this? Why is it critical to to, to so many companies' business? And um, you know, how, how are you guys helping to, to, to bring this into sort of like a, a common practice that, that companies are using? Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me start with the background and how how we came to the idea that something like sales, uh, I mean, something like guided selling is needed, right? And um, for us, the way of thinking was that if you look at the current sales processes and how sales is being done, often we still rely on, I would say, kind of manual art of salespeople and individual talent of sellers. And that's kind of no, not nice in the era of autopiloted planes and self-driven cars and everything. So definitely, it, it was the area to automate, right? And guided selling is a perfect answer to that. So on a bird's eye perspective, bird's eye view perspective, I would say that uh, what guided selling does, it utilizes existing sales data, access to whatever data is available here, and then crunch that data, process that data, applies analytics on top of that, maybe AI technologies, maybe BI technologies, but any kind of a processing of that data to guide sellers through the deals they work on. How did the guided selling platform does it? Uh, automating of a manual sales actions and then um, you know, reducing the number of uh, individual input sellers needs to put in into the process and then making sure that we don't skip a bit and we move on a full speed. This is the bird's view level kind of an overview. Diving into the details and like, you know, walking through the problems which guided selling is resolving for companies and for sales leaders, I would probably come come down to three main ones. The first one is the pipeline visibility. Every sales leader literally regularly checks its own pipeline to make sure that it's real pipeline, that we're going to hit those figures which are in the pipeline. How do we do that? We gather people in a, in, in a uh, you know pipeline discussion room and literally talk every single opportunity to figure out that what's in CRM literally will happen. So pipeline visibility could be and should be improved by guided selling. It's one thing. The second thing is the visibility into what exactly my team is doing and how do they do that. Do they reach out over the phone or over the email? What messaging they are using? What collaterals they are using? How do they handle objections, et cetera, et cetera? Without guided selling, sales leaders are semi-blind because they need to talk to people to get the data. If guided selling is in place, you get that before even you, you, know, you are entering into the pipeline discussion, right? And then the third one aspect is uh, hinting, you know, suggesting catching those details which are important in the sales process so people are doing this in the moment when it needs to be done. So these are the three fundamental elephants, if you would, on which for me, you know, guided selling as a platform lays on. Can we drill in on that second one for a second? Um, it seems to me that, you know, this is useful, as you mentioned, for like a manager like yourself to see what your team is doing and really understand without having to have individual conversations with each with each salesperson. But are you also then able to understand what your best salespeople are doing and then filter that out to the rest of the the rest of the organization so that everyone can learn from from your best performers? Oh, I mean, that's like, this is the key, right? So when, when I say that uh, with a guided selling platform, sales leader understands better what sales team is actually doing, it's not the big brother watching you type of automation. There is no need to control your salespeople. We should trust them, right? But it's exactly this uh, uh, guided component or coaching component. What makes my sales 
I mean, what makes my best sales guy the best? And if we understand this, maybe we can scale it to the rest of the team. Maybe we can coach the, you know, the, the other guys do the same or analyze and improve our processes. And if we have sales playbooks, perfect. We would put new sales playbooks or improved sales playbooks and hit better results faster. That's exactly right in spot. You mentioned new technologies that have become available and, and have sort of facilitated this. Talk about artificial intelligence. What, what role does that play in, in what you guys do? Um, well, absolutely. So AI is part of this. Uh, you know, the, the the ability to work with the big data and accessibility of that big data was another big um, kind of added value to that process because without the data, good luck with AI. AI only processes the data. Uh, yeah, we use AI widely. I wouldn't say that we only rely on artificial, artificial intelligence in our processes because I truly believe there is enough space for human being and our own intellect, if you would. Uh, yeah, but AI helps us to uncover something which is probably not visible or blurred for human being, if you would. Right. So those correlations between activities and type of activities and keywords and, uh, you know, the processes, we crunch a lot of data and then we come up with, sometimes with uh, strange on the first view uh, suggestions and uh, um, recommendations. But then once you dig into that, it makes a lot of sense why it happens. And, and, and if you follow, your results are either better or faster. Gotcha. Okay, let's move on to the second concept, um, revenue engagement. This involves, to my understanding, automating and scaling sales outreach. Like, Talk to me about that. What does that mean in in sort of um, plain English? Well, sure. So I would say that, uh, I mean, obviously, when you have to sell on scale, right, you have a lot of leads coming into your org, hopefully, and then you need to outreach to all of those leads with a personalized yet very scalable message or a scalable way. This is where sales outreach and platforms which are automating outreach helps a lot, right? And we know the leaders of those of that market. We know what exactly uh, sales outreach vendors are doing. In, in plain English, as you've said, I would say it's a templatize it step-by-step program, how to reach out to people until they respond to you and you can pick up a conversation as a human being and conduct it till the closure. Obviously, you know, we have to look under the hood because devil is in details. You cannot outreach with, uh, you know, standard templates, all of your leads. You have to, you have to be smarter than that. So this is a very sensitive topic. Without sales outreach, I, I, I believe that none of the modern companies and modern sales orgs could even compete with, with the others. So we have to adopt it. But the way, how do we do this is important. All right, this is a, this is a place where I'd, I'd love for you to dig in a little further and give some tips, if you could, to um, people who who want to maybe hone this skill set and and get better at this. Sure, I, mean, I would love to. Uh, I mean, I, actually, I would even come back to what what we are focusing uh, within our company. There are three main topics which we think are the most important for us, and uh, it's personalization, it's understanding the buyer's workflow, and it's repeatability at scale. So if I would dive deeper into those, um, I mean, obviously, sales outreach means templates. We come up with the templates and then we try to put those templates in step-by-step sequences and follow those templates in our outreach. But still, there should be a space for personalization. We have to come up uh, with those templates in a smart way that it doesn't look like it's a dumb robot is approaching you and then, you know, the only thing you, you, you would like to do is just to add this to junk and never respond. So personalization takes a lot of effort. Uh, it depends on the type of a business you are in and types of a sales process uh, you, you, you follow. For us, it um, 
goes into the understanding the company itself and uh, the position of people we're trying to reach out and what their interests are, their locations even. Sometimes we involve uh, social engagement as well, though we try to be very careful with this. Sometimes people in B2B space don't want to, to be outreached through the social networks, LinkedIn may be the maximum level. We are not using Facebook or any other social networks. But yeah, personalization is really important. And I truly believe that without proper level of um, personalization, the results of this sales at scale or literally sales outreach would be not as you expect. Understanding the buyer's workflow, I've mentioned, our second priority or second focus uh, Again, without this, it will be hard to sell, I believe, in any business, in ours especially. We're B2B software, right? So we have to understand who is on what position, what they're being driven for. Um, by the way, we try to involve... Um, you know, ABM signals like account account based marketing signals into the outreach because uh, behavior of a people you're trying to outreach is important. And once you know what exactly they are doing or what they are interested in right now, maybe the template or pick, picking up the right template will be easier for you. So this is important area. And and third one, repeatability at scale. Right, we try to notice what works for us. We we do a lot of A-B tests. We try and fail and succeed. And then we try to improve and, and, and make sure that it's still not personalized outreach. It's automated outreach and it could be scaled. Vlad, have you ever seen an attempt at personalization just go really wrong? <laughs> like, I'm wondering if you have any funny stories that, that like, oh, you can share. Like, that just a lot, unexpected, a lot. Like, yeah. it, it, dumb thing is then when, when they uh, mix the last name and first name and kind of, you know, reach out to you <laughs> trying to be personal, but then just using last name. This is the super dump. And yeah, I believe you've seen this a lot. But, you know, more funny would be like if they even mix your location or your position in the company and uh, that template talks to you in a way that, uh, you know, it's just, just totally irrelevant for me. There is actually another funny thing, which, you know, the, the solving of those problems is easy. Just be be careful, right? Pay attention to, to, the, to the parameters of your templates. And when you, when you code your template, be accurate. The second funny thing is, and I truly believe everybody were in, in, in that situation, when you are being outreached by someone and then you started to respond just in the other way, Say you've got those templatized email outreach, but then you were on the phone already with this guy, or maybe you responded in LinkedIn, but the email outreach didn't stop. And then it puts you know this guy into a really funny position because you I, I maybe on the phone with you yesterday, but then tomorrow I'll get the email from you like, hey Vlad, you're not responding. What shall I do? And I'm like, come on, revealed. You are using uh, you know outreach tool. It's not personal outreach. So it's slightly harder to solve, but also solvable. And uh, you know sales outreach platform should be smart enough to understand that if we touch that person in any way and the person responded. Any other outreach steps should be stopped until further notice. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's that's so interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, third concept: remote selling. How, how do you like? You know, I could I could imagine before COVID when people were in the same office, they would compare notes. They're walking up to the office together. They're in the elevator. Like, man, this this really worked yesterday. How, how do you recreate that in, in a remote environment and um, just align your teams across? You know, just different different functions, different things that they're, they're working on. Just talk to me about that. 
Sure, I would love to. Uh, so probably we were lucky enough because uh, obviously we have adopted our own guided selling platform across the company. And uh, that's one of the main focus of a guided selling, right? To make sure that uh, the system signals to you when something goes off the grid, if you would, or guides you to the right to, to the right decisions uh, or mentions or steps. So because of that, when COVID started and we all suddenly become super distributed and no office conversations, we were still uh, at the good level of visibility what exactly is going on, what people are saying in conversations, who is involved in those conversations, and what's the real stage of the deals, etc. So, again, to summarize, guided selling helped us, and I truly believe that guided selling should help you know all of the companies around. But uh, the main idea is that uh, devil is in details. That's my favorite saying, right? And uh, those details are in those interactions and conversations what we all are having. And when we when we talk about sales, we should definitely expand that vision and that footprint and talk about all customer-facing teams. Because on successful closing or renewals, the influence is from many, many orgs within the company. Not necessarily sales only. It's marketing. It's maybe partnership management, uh, you know, renewals or customer success management guys, and you name it. So conversation with customers should look like it's a smart being, talk to smart being, right? So so the, the conversation is being consistent. But that requires a lot of sync up within the company itself. And it shouldn't be the situation when, uh, you know, CSM guys are talking one way while sales guys are being totally disconnected from that and don't even know about the issues CSM guys are trying to solve, but they're reaching out for renewal right now. Having that said, um, our approach to that is we track all of the conversations and interactions in a good sense. We index those, we save and store those for the farther data processing. Then we analyze all of the um, you know people who are involved in those conversations and we build so-called relationship you know chart or graph if you would and we see how our company is connected to that guy or to that company and rely on that going forward. And then going on, we tried to see the repeatable patterns and what worked, what didn't work. So we react on keywords. We react on objections. We have the library of a content which is immediately suggested once this keyword was in the conversation. Should it be voice conversation over Zoom or email or maybe you know chat messengers? And we try to arm our salespeople and beyond with this content, which needs to be thrown in into the conversation as the moment appears. So that's high level. How do, how do we approach this? All right. So so Vlad, you know, let's let's make this really concrete. You guys have the ability to monitor communications in a bunch of different, like kind of. If for someone like me, who's who's not in this every day, really surprising ways that that you know, no matter how you're having a conversation, you're able to get you know really key data at the right time. Can you talk to me about that and how how you guys do that and what the value of that is for you? Absolutely. So within within our product, within Revenue Grid, we have this concept of revenue signals, and these are the signals which we put in front of either sales rep or sales boss at the right moment. And, uh, you know, with the right message, so they focus on this and don't don't forget to do that. And uh, to explain the background of it, let me step back a little bit. And uh, if you just look at the normal, typical day of a sales rep, we do have those signals anyway. 
just in real life. So, for example, I'm a sales rep. I'm in the office. I'm open up, opening up my calendar. My calendar is full of meetings. This is the clear signal for me that today I'm going to be doing those meetings. That's it. It's time. That time is not mine. And not mine anymore. Then I have some promises and tasks. Maybe I promised something over the voice when I was on the phone with you. Maybe I emailed that I'm going to sh- send you this collateral, etc. It's another type of a signal for me not to forget. I have to do it today no matter what. And then new leads came in from marketing and I have to jump on those leads in process. And then, you know, my inbox is full with the, with the emails which came overnight. I have to respond. And then my boss is being creative. He jumps, you know, into the cabinet and say like, hey, let's do this. Let's invite people from your territory to this virtual event. Things like this. This is all my signals which are leaning on me as a sales rep. But the problem is, though, my main focus is still like, how do I hit my quota? What exactly I need to be doing to hit my quota? So the magic of a guided selling platform is that if you crunch the data, if you collect the data from different sources, from calendar and past promises and you know desires of your boss to the conversations and people who are involved and to the best practices being suggested by AI, then you can prioritize it and put in front of a sales rep a super clear and clean list of those steps and actions or signals as we name it that he or she should focus on and then it would lead him to hit the quota. Super easy. So instead of like trying to understand what am I doing, I'm opening up the UI which tells me like, call this guy, make this presentation available for another guy, don't forget to invite those guys to you know to, to the meeting and by the way, you put this opportunity in such probability and you say you're going to close it in December 1st, AI engine says that it may be overpromised. Typically it takes two months to close, typically at that stage you should have procurement person but you don't have it, so the suggestion is to either add those guys into the opportunity if you have them or decrease the probability because you're overpromising here to yourself boss. This is the beauty of guided selling. This is that automation tool. I compare it with like manual car and automated car. Both are cars, but when you drive manual car, you need to move the stick yourself. In automated car, you just don't think about this. Important things are in front of you and this is being done automatically. You only focus on what you need to focus. That's an interesting metaphor. A different one came to mind for me, which was, you know, sort of you're melding the art and the science of, of selling, which, which is super interesting. Um, Vlad, let's talk about, to, to wrap up, let's talk about the future of, of Revenue Grid. Um, I wonder if you could do it this way. What, what is the biggest challenge you're, you're facing? Like, what is the biggest problem you're trying to solve right now? And where do you see a big opportunity for you guys? So we truly believe that, you know, guided selling as a principle um, goes beyond sales work, as I've mentioned, because sometimes on success of your sales process, the influence is, uh, you know, somewhere in totally different department or in some specific verticals. For example, we have a customer partner of us uh, and they are in uh, CRM from manufacturing business. And when you think about selling for manufacturers, uh, selling the big machine in there is just the beginning of a sales process because then you sell maintenance and cartridges and you know a lot of those things. Those devices are being IoT connected these days and it means that they can even generate signals for your sales reps that I would need maintenance in six months or I would need that cartridge next week, et cetera, et cetera. So the sky is only limit for those scenarios which are being involved into the guided selling platform. 
we really need to expand from sales-only scenario to customer success management, to partnership management, to you know marketing. And uh, this is the challenge. How do we collect more and more of that data and understand better every single detail of a process, which influence at the end a successful deal and successful business with our customers. And uh, that that that's the future for us. That's the future for the industry of a guided selling. I'm sure. And uh, you know the vendors right now. I would say in a good sense are in a red race right now to kind of build those type of platforms and provide more and more value for sales orgs. So I would definitely encourage those guys who are not yet uh, looking at the guided selling per se, pay attention to this and it's a great addition into the sales automation stack of any company, I'm sure. it. I, I like that because your challenge and your opportunity seem to be kind of the same. <laughs> and so that's that's good for you for, for clarity purposes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Vlad, thank you so much for your time today. This is really, really enlightening. Thanks, George. Thanks so much. To learn more about Revenue Grid, please visit revenuegrid.com. If you're looking for CRM and sales enablement experts, visit OMI at omi.co.